Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Mary Oliver. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the leader. My name is Jeremiah Sullivan. This is a podcast to teach you how to be the leader in life, at your work, in your sport, or even your profession. This is a leadership and personal performance podcast. It's a podcast for people that want to win in their career, in their profession, and in life. The goal of this podcast is to help you become a top performer in your field. It will help you establish a foundation in leadership and help you evolve from a poor leader to a good leader or a good leader to a great. All I ask is that if you find value in today's episode, that you share it with a friend or leave a review. Leaving reviews helps us rank higher on iTunes and it helps us spread the message. So please do your part if you find value in today's episode, which I know you will. But today's topic, I'm going to get right into it today. Today's topic is on something that holds a lot of people back. We're going to have a little bit of a unique episode today. My co-host Justin isn't here and I'm just going to be real with you guys. I'm going to talk to you about something I've seen countless poor leaders have that great leaders do not. It's one of the most important parts of evolving yourself as a leader. Today's topic is on fear. Specifically, we're going to talk about how to overcome it, why it's important, why it's holding you back, and how you can confront it. I'm also going to give you a practical exercise to use so that you can identify your fears and learn to control them. This is important. Fear is important. Fear holds a lot of people back. It's important to us as leaders because we cannot reach the top levels in life if we're afraid. We cannot lead at the highest levels if we allow fear to stop us. So today's episode, this is a solo episode. I'm just, this is just me talking to you. And it's my intent that when you hear this this week, that it gives you something to think about. It gives you some insight into how you're currently living. I want to give you something to think about that'll change your life if you confront it. So we're going to talk about fear. There's two types of people. There's people who are honest about their fears and people who hide them. People that hide their fears often end up feeling like an imposter in life, like a fraud. They try not to reveal that they actually have fears. But the truly great leaders... The great leaders that I've seen in my life, they had a quality that many don't. They taught themselves how to confront their fears. Now, these men aren't absolutely fearless. These people aren't absolutely fearless. They just have learned to control them. They've learned to control their fear. You know, fear is an interesting thing. I watched a grown man break down in tears while on an obstacle course one day. He was muscular, athletic, macho, 
But when he was asked to climb up a 30-foot ladder to a beam and walk across it, he bawled. He fell apart 30 feet up in the air. He thought he would die. He was so scared. And then on the inverse, I've seen, I've seen people confront their fears with overwhelming bravery. I've witnessed rangers in combat get shot near the face and keep pressing forward. I've also seen people shut down in combat because they were afraid of the gunfire taking place a hundred meters from them. So my question to you, my question to you as a leader is, can you truly lead if you have fear, if you allow fear to control you? Can you lead your absolute best if you have fear? The answer is no. But a lot of people never address their fears. They just avoid them. And fears come in all shapes and sizes. They manifest in all different parts of our lives. Some of them more obvious than others. What kind of leader would you be if you had no fear? What type of husband would you be? Wife would you be? Friend would you be? If you never projected your own fears onto others, onto the people and team that you're leading. What if you didn't hold others back because you were afraid? Would the people and team around you be better? Yes. Yes, they would. I'm going to give you a practical tool in today's episode to get you clear about your fears that you can lead. Have you ever asked yourself, what am I afraid of? Have you ever sat down and written it on paper? Have you ever been deliberate and intentional about discovering what you're afraid of? Why not? Chances are the idea is painful. We like to live in this safe world where we believe that we don't ever have to confront our fears. So we try to compartmentalize them and and ignore them. So chances are you've probably ignored your fears, probably put yourself into situations that made you avoid them. And like I said, fear can come in many different forms. It's a funny thing. Take money for an example. Some people have a fear of spending. When you grow up in a low-income family and you start to do well for yourself, it can be hard to let go of money. You can have a fear that it's not going to ever come back to you. Have you ever have you ever seen somebody like that or maybe you're like that where you're afraid to let go of the money. But here's what happens. This is a great metaphor for how fear can control us in other areas of our life as well. Somebody that has a hard time letting go of money. Every single day they're faced with challenges. Do I spend, do I not spend? And they never want to let go until one day they get so fed up, they say, "You know what?" I'm tired of stressing about this. I'm just going to spend and buy what I need to. And then what happens? They overspend. And then the next day they feel broke. And so they go into that cycle over and over and over again. Not spending, not spending, not spending, then spending and overspending. But what if they could control that fear of spending? Who would they be? 
if they could allow themselves to part with the money when they wanted to and not in such a back and forth manner, who would they be? Who would they become? What if they could control that fear? So to, to lead yourself so that you can lead others, you have to remove the things that limit you. You have to learn to remove the fear that limits you so that you can get to your full potential. Fear is an obstacle. And if we live in fear, then we never really live at all. How can you protect those close to you if you live in fear? Do you think that projecting your fears onto them is keeping them safe? It's not. The better answer is to teach your team courage. Now, we all have fear. I'm saying you're not going to be able to get rid of it completely, but you'll be able to reduce it and control it if you practice it enough. Now, be cautious. Fear is seductive. It'll convince you to take the road most traveled and the path that's safe, but that's not always the best path. I want to get you comfortable choosing the path that has a little bit of fear so that you can grow. This is an important topic to me personally because I've had to overcome my own fears. Some of you guys know how I grew up. I grew up in the middle of the woods. My dad used to hunt to put food on the table. Well, one of my first encounters with fear was going bear hunting with my dad. There was one day we used to go out every weekend. And when you hunt bear, there's a couple ways to do it. You can hunt bear by foot and try and track them by foot, or you can grab up some dogs and you have bear hunting dogs and vehicles and you drive around, try to locate a bear. Both hunts are very, very difficult. They take a lot of time, a lot of diligence. There's a lot of climbing mountains in both paths, but we used to hunt bear by vehicle. One of my jobs as a 14 year old boy was to verify whether or not the bear had been treed. So we'd, we'd wake up in the morning. My dad would wake me up in the morning, 04, 03.30 in the morning. We'd load up our truck with the dogs, our guns, snacks for the day, cold weather gear, layers in case it got hot. We'd get in the vehicle and we'd start out in the morning. It was cold. It was dark. I was tired. My dad would pick a spot on a map. He'd have a team with us and we'd go out where we best thought there would be a bear. As we got out there, we'd drive around the canyons and we'd have the dogs hooked up on leash in the back of the truck, smelling for bears all around us. We'd drive the roads like that. My job as the kid in the passenger seat was to look on the road as we were driving. And when the sun came up, I would look for tracks. So that was my job. I was a tracker and I used to angle my eyes just right so that while we were moving, I could pick up the shadow of different animals crossing the road and traversing down the road. If I saw one big enough, a track big enough, I'd ask my dad to stop and I'd check to see if it was a bear track and I would tell him, dad, I got one. Sometimes my eye was better than the dog's nose. So I would see the tracks and the dogs hadn't yet smelt it. If that happened, we would check the track and we'd say, okay, the bear's heading in this direction. We're going to continue on our path. And we continue moving forward. Most of the time, we'd continue on that path and we would never find a bear. The dogs would never strike. But sometimes, 
after many, many hours, the dogs would catch a wind of the bear ahead and they'd open up, start barking. And when that happened, the sun was up, maybe it was 10 p 10 a.m. in the morning, maybe 11 a.m. And the breeze from the bottom of the canyon was blowing up towards the top of the, the ridge line. So the dogs would catch the scent of the bear in the lower parts of the canyon. Well, we'd get out of the truck. My dad would stop the vehicle. We'd get out. I had a buddy with me. His name was Max. Me and Max were both 14 years old. We'd get out of the vehicle. My dad would grab one of the dogs, put him down on the ground, and see if the dog started to get really excited about the bear scent. He'd put him right on the tracks that I could see. And if the dog started going, going crazy, we knew that the bear was close. My dad would make the decision to let one off the leash and have him go chase after the bear. And that's when the hunt started. Hours would go by of us following the road, stopping, getting out, listening for the dog barking towards in or the dog barking in the canyon. We'd be following the dog's sound in our in our truck. The dog would traverse multiple spurs, multiple draws, and then if they did their job, the bear would tree. They would run the bear out to exhaustion. The bear would get so tired, he'd say, hey, I, gotta qu I quit and I go up this tree. Well, when that happened, my job was to make sure that the bear at the bottom of the canyon was up in the tree and that the dogs hadn't just lost the bear. So on this hunt, and this ties into fear, on this one hunt that I'm explaining now, I jumped off the side of this hill after the dogs had been chasing this bear for several hours. My jaw, I had, I had dog leashes across my chest. I had a revolver on my side. I had a rifle on my back and my buddy Max going with me. We had radios with us. My dad said, hey, go down there, go to the bottom of this hill and tell me if the dogs have the bear treed. So we carried out the orders and we jumped off. He said, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to pick you up at the bottom of the hill on the next draw over on this road. And he pointed to the map. I said, okay, Roger that dad, jump off the cliff. And we start running me and Max down the hill. We're listening to the dogs bark and we're moving and we're moving and we're moving. We're moving very quick because it is downhill. We're sliding in the, the leaves, the sticks, stopping, listening, changing our direction, moving again, stopping, radioing up, radioing up to my dad, telling him that we haven't got there yet. And so me and Max, we continue on that path towards the dogs and we get to the bottom of this hill and then everything goes quiet. Up until that point, we had heard the dogs barking very aggressively and we knew we were getting close. But when we got to the bottom of the hill, all the silent, all the barking stopped. We looked at each other and we said, uh-oh, this isn't good. Because typically when a bear is treed, the dogs at the bottom continue a steady bark that keeps the bear at bay. The dogs will spread out at the bottom of the tree and bark over and over again to keep the bear up there. And the bear will stay. But when we got down to the bottom of the hill, we heard nothing. Silence. So we knew something was wrong. And as we were trying to piece together the situation, we heard some ruffling around. About 50 meters to our, our rear, we heard something big coming. And we didn't know what it was. We feared it was the bear. No dog in sight. No dog sound could be heard. And we looked at each other. And fear started to set in. What if it was the bear? So we look around. We find that 
biggest manzanita bush that we can find. And we crawl through it. We get to the middle. There's a small open patch in the middle of it. Me and Max sit back to back. This manzanita bush was shaped like a donut. Had six to eight feet of vertical vegetation. You couldn't see outside of the manzanita bush from the inside. It was just bush all around us. We could only see one foot into the bush. So we sat there in silence, listening, wondering if the sound we had heard was the bear. Both of us, our hearts were racing. Scared that this bear was going to come around the corner and it could be our end. So I grabbed the rifle. I was carrying my dad's 30-06. Had a scope on it. It was not meant for close range. I grabbed the rifle and I pull it up to my shoulder and we're sitting, sitting on our butts. I have one knee up. Max's back is to my back. He's facing the other way. We're ready to fight to the death. My heart's pounding at 14 years old. Well, the noise gets louder. We hear something walking towards us. We can't tell where it's coming from. And as it gets closer, we get more scared. Neither one of us says anything because we didn't want to be heard by what could have been the bear. And as it gets closer, we get more scared. And then the bear gets so close that we can hear it. We can hear it breathing. We can hear it ruffling outside of the manzanita bush. It's walking in circles around us, but we can't see it. We can only hear it. So the bear starts circling, and I'm thinking, this is it. We're going to die. Either we're going to die, or this thing's going to die when it attacks us. So both of us try to be brave and we put the shoulder, we continue to hold the guns to our shoulders, ready to fight to the end. And as the bear starts pushing up into the manzanita bush, one of the dogs comes running up. It starts barking aggressively. The bear gets spooked and the dog takes off after the bear with two other dogs following it and chases the bear off. My friend Max and I, we both sighed and exhaled. Our guns lowered, and we looked at each other and smiled. Holy shit. (laughs) The first time, one of the first times I was confronted with fear was that day. I learned a lot about myself on that hunt. I learned that I was ready to go and fight to the death. I stayed calm and cool and collect. My heart rate was up, but I was ready to go. That day I chose to control fear. I chose to fight if I had to versus flee. As a kid, we played a lot of games too. There was this one game where our town didn't have any streetlights. And we used to gather up late at night, 10 o'clock at night. And we would challenge each other to walk into the wood line in the mountains, go as far as we could and stand there in the dark. We would do this at times where we had heard there were reports of mountain lions in town. Northern California, there was mountain lions. And and so when you heard that there was a mountain lion in town, your your parents would tell you to be safe, be smart, don't go alone. And so when the nightfall would come, we'd play this game. Who could go into the woods and stay there the longest? So we take turns confronting fear. No weapons, nothing but ourselves. And one by one, we would walk into the wood line and time it. Who could stay in the wood line the longest? Who could confront their fear the longest? 
those couple stories helped me overcome fear. Now, as I got older, their fear showed up in, in different forms. But I say all this because I want to let you know that fear is something that we all have and we've all been faced with it. But what have you done in your past to confront your fears? I was reading an article in psychology today and they were saying that there's real fear and then there's imagined fear. Real fear meaning real threats. There's fear caused by real threats. And then there's imagined threats, things that we make up in our mind, right? Like, I'm scared of public speaking. That's an imagined threat. I'm afraid that I'm going to fail. That's an imagined threat. Real threats, like a bear mauling us to death, are a different type of fear. But when confronted with either, when confronted with real threats or imagined threats, humans go into fight or flight, or as I like to say, fight or flee. So what's your reaction to fear? I reflected on this question recently. I reflected on my fears recently, and I want to give you some of mine after reflecting to open the door to help you identify yours so that you don't feel like you need to protect yourself and act like you don't have any fears. I have fears. And some of mine after reflecting are snakes. <laughs> okay. When I was a kid, I played in this river and one day I was playing in this river and I popped my head up and there was about 20 water snakes all the way around me. Scared the hell out of me, scared me shitless. So when I see a snake today, even as a grown man, that panic sets in. So I spent some time reflecting on my fears and some other ones that I found is that I fear that I will not achieve the things that matter the most to me in life before those around me can enjoy them. I fear that people around me will pass before they will get to see the things that I've built. I also fear that I don't live up to my full potential in my life and each day. I have this fear that I don't maximize what I'm capable of every single day. It's an odd one, but it, it bothers me. It scares me that I don't do it. So what are some of your fears? Are some of your fears spending and letting go of money? Are they tough conversations? Do you fear having tough conversations? Do you fear public speaking? Do you fear growing your company to the next level and fearing that you won't have control of it? Do you fear losing control? Do you fear having people in your team who are better than you? Do you fear death? Do you fear criticism? Do you have a fear of being found out that you aren't what everyone thinks you are? This is what I want you to think about. I want you to identify your fears. And so because I believe in giving tools on every um, one of my episodes and practical tools that you can implement, here's a simple exercise and get you aware. All right, so grab your journal, grab a piece of paper, and I just want, step number one, I just want you to write out your current fears. What are you afraid of? This is different. This exercise is different than just thinking about it. You have to put pen to paper because it becomes a reality and it's deliberate. So I want you to list them out. List your fears out. Now pick one that you're scared of the most. Go ahead and just circle it. Next to it, I want you to write out 
what the worst case scenario is associated with that fear and be realistic. So if you're scared of heights and you write down, what is the worst case scenario? Well, maybe I get scared at 20 feet, 30 feet up in the air. If I fell off at 30 feet, what's the worst case scenario? Would I actually die? The answer is no. Now, the next step, I want you to reduce the fear by recognizing the worst case scenario is not that bad. So write down that worst case scenario and then next to it, say, is this that bad? Yes or no? Write no. Next, ask yourself, is this a real fear or an imagined fear? There's a, there's a acronym for fear, false evidence appearing real. Most fears are imagined. So ask yourself, is this a real or imagined fear that I have? And then the next step I want you to do is make a commitment to destroying it. Write down whether you'll allow it to control you or you'll use it to become a leader that your friends need, that your family needs, that your team needs. You can't just think these steps. You have to write them. Okay, so this exercise, that exercise that I just gave you is designed to make you aware of your fears. Oftentimes, people just avoid their fears and they're never conscious of them. The first step in anything is to increase awareness. So you want to ask yourself, what am I really afraid of? Truly. Now, human beings always move towards pleasure and away from pain. So I want you to think about what you're afraid of. Think about your fear. And imagine if you hide that fear for the next 10 years and you don't confront it. Picture it. Picture it right now. 10 years from now, you still have that fear and you never confronted it. What will your life look like? What kind of life will you have? What happens if you do nothing? How will you feel? Will you feel horrible? I want that to sink in because I want that to feel painful. Because if I back you up into a corner, you'll take action and you'll do something about it. I'm going to end this episode rather abrupt because I want to leave you with the emotional impact of not addressing your fear. But there's hope. You do have a choice. You have control. You can confront your fear. And this week is a great time to start. There's a saying. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, and the next best time is today. Now, remember today's quote. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? By Mary Oliver. We only get one life. You can choose to live in fear, or you can control it. Face your fear head on this week, and choose to fight instead of flee. Until next time, be the leader. Some motivation. motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Crying myself and I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. You gotta go hard, better get it.